Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Hey, so in, uh, in keeping with what I just said about not being a spectacle, just so you understand why it is that I'm sitting down and not uh, standing upright, um, I injured myself somehow this week. Uh, I think it was probably due to overstretching, like too much of a deep stretch. And man, that has just led to severe discomfort, uh, sciatic pain down my left leg. I uh, can't stand for long periods. I can sit. Uh, which is why I have my thoughts that it's maybe not just my lower back, but um, man, standing is, is rough. And so um, I'm going to sit, okay? If you have any other questions, we can talk about it afterwards. <laughs> but this is not the platform to have a doctor discussion, okay? <laughs> and so that's what it is. Now, um, the other thing I want to do is just, uh, I was, uh, I missed out on Tuesday night because the injury. <laughs> and uh, man, we had a lot of our kids from Faith Fellowship graduate. And, uh, and, that, and I've kind of been, you know, you guys know that I am burdened for our class children. Uh, we have a varying degree of situations. We have a lot of single mothers in here. We have a lot of married families in here. And so we have a lot of children in Faith Fellowship. We also have a lot of disciple makers. And, um, and so we have both spiritual and physical children. And it just led me to a place that we need to be praying for our kids. And so today's message is uh, fruit and multiplication. Fruit and multiplication. And I, and I just want you to understand, I have a burden for your children. Um, I, my heart's desire, you know, as we consider what our vision is in Faith Fellowship, that we would establish um, uh, evangelists and shepherds. This is kind of a hybrid of the two, but absolutely the shepherding piece becomes a, a, a real primary focus. See, the thing is, you have to understand something about your, your kids. Um, this is ordained of God for you to do that. And we're going to see that in Scripture and you really don't get to get out of that. And so in that, I'm gonna get a chance to kind of explain, you don't see any little Dale or Serene's around. You probably have always wanted to know why that is. And so uh, with the approval of uh, my wife, I will discuss that as well. And so um, we'll just kind of talk about that a little bit. So again, our purpose this morning is to provide a biblical focus for bearing fruit both physically and spiritually. Okay, you have to understand uh, there is no getting out of this. I mean, you could disobey God and opt out, uh, but uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and so let's look at the first time we kind of see this idea brought to our minds. That's in Genesis chapter 1, 27 through 28. It says, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, Male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so there are a couple of takeaways that you need to grasp already, is God created very specific roles for both men and women in fruit bearing. Notice... It is male and female. The other thing, too, for my ladies in here that are single mothers or even just 
This is not a church where you're ever going to see a woman pastor. But that doesn't mean that God won't use you mightily in this place. The Lord wants you to bear fruit. You also see in here that God blessed them. And don't miss this. God commanded them to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. It was not a suggestion. Now, obviously, there was great need to do that, <laughs> considering the circumstances. But still, this is not an area where the Lord is asking whether or not, you know, you want to do that. And so you need to, there's kind of a major takeaway here that I want you to grasp. That God loves fruit and provides all that is necessary for multiplication. He creates the scenario by which that happens. And then as he blesses us to do that, he also gives us the wisdom that is necessary for multiplication. So then here's something, get this down. So then we need to do nothing more than obey his commandment in order to be fruitful and multiply. See, the thing I want you to kind of rely on here is that this is an aspect of obedience that obviously you can see how the, the world tries to turn it around and twist it. Um, but man, there's, there's outlets in a lot of ways in which the Lord has allowed us to, to obey him here. And so I want you to consider something. What has the Lord commanded for us concerning our children. So if he says be fruitful and multiply, then he also must have said something in terms of what, we, what should we do with them when we get them? Because obviously what can feel like a lot of times in parenting is just reactionary, right? And you're just, things are coming at you so quickly, you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna, whatever. I'm just doing the best I can, right? Okay. He actually does say something about this that is very telling that we need to seek his wisdom concerning these matters. And in Proverbs 22, 6, you get this verse that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this is one of the great promises of Scripture, but it does require active participation on our part. He says, train up in the way that he should go. And then the promise is, when he is old, he will not depart from it. So obviously, just in looking at this, we are to train our children. But here's the warning. The warning is they will stray away because they have a free will. There's a point I can, I think all of us can kind of remember of just this rebellious state, <laughs> you know, that showed up. It could be years. Well, it's never months. It's all, <laughs> it's all, it, could be, it could be a few years or decades, I'll say that. And I remember just kind of 
man, if it hadn't been for the foundation by which my grandmother, uh, you know, laid with me, it wasn't an option. You were going to church. This is the first person I ever read the Bible with was with her. Uh, that was a nightly occasion, in addition to eating chocolate, which is why I have 13 cavities. Because uh, she had dentures, and uh, <laughs> so it didn't matter for her. <laughs> but our, our thing was um, Fifth Avenues, which if, if you're old enough, you remember a Fifth Avenue, very peanut buttery, kind of flaky, uh, better than a Butterfinger, which is dreadful, but anyway. That's and so, and we read the Bible. It started off with a children's Bible and then going to church and then just seeing her serve and all of that. And just seeing this example was, was really, I was at least in the presence of God. But then, as you guys know, I've told my testimony. It wasn't until I meet Pastor Lee and I'm going to play basketball at, at KCBT that I actually I received the gospel of Jesus Christ. But none of it was foreign to me. It was all something that I knew because... This woman had very much had laid that foundation in my life. And so I remember when he's going through the terms of the gospel, I'm just like, hurry up. Let's get to the end, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, <laughs> you know. And so um, she was the second person I told. And I remember the joy on just over the phone. She was so excited. Um, and the joy also when I started going to KCBT three years later, remember the warning is they will stray away. <laughs> three years later, KCBT, and I said, I need a Bible. This church, they, they have Bible, man. I, that Bible showed up so quick. And I got a, an actual bound Strong's version from her. And, uh, and so that's began my, my time in the Word of God, um, you know, at KCBT. And so you can see that there is... Um, great importance there. But I want to kind of show you something that you may not have really looked at. If you look up the word train and you look at the Hebrew word for that, three other times it is mentioned as dedicate. So now in your mind, that maybe made you think of why we do baby dedications here at MBT. Okay. There's something to that. Just hold that thought in your head. I want to read something for you just to kind of give you some idea here to really be thinking about in terms of how important it is when God says train up a child. Not a small matter. Okay, Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 5 says, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and it shall be when you are come nigh unto battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And the officers shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? There it is. Let him go and return to his house. Now, we spent all this time saying, man, God is with you. There's a battle. Man, get ready. Don't be afraid. And then it's like this thing just boop, out of nowhere. Um, hey, you got a house? You haven't dedicated that yet? Yeah, go take care of that before you go out to this battle. Boy, 
the prioritizing of that makes me tremble when I think about our children. Because in this case, that house is our children. So now you've got to think about something. A lot of times there is this concept that's going to be like, man, I'm going to accomplish and do all these great things for the Lord. And a lot of times, what, you know, those of us that are leaders and you have children is, we'll tell you, when you first get disciples, say your first order of business is this household. What are you, what are you doing at home? How are you making sure that that is a prepared, ready place? See, when you look that train up, that's consecrated. And so let me just give you some practical things, and we're going to see this just in a little bit more detail. And I am kind of, I mean, you know, there, you will have to kind of go back and look at this, but I do want to just give you some very practical wisdom about prepping the house, i.e., your children. First order of business for you is we love them and thank God for them. And you would think, well, of course, Dale, mm-mm, no, 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 no. Listen, they need to know you love them. It is absolutely one of those things that when you're rearing a child, man, that, that whole process goes a ton better just as if they know this is coming from a place of love, not hatred, not anger, not bitterness. My mom was, man, she is a tiny but mighty lady. <laughs> and I didn't fool around with her. And a lot of times I, I tried to honor her by being a, a decent kid that didn't give her a lot of trouble. But let's face it, there were times, you know, the belt was coming. I hated it. And boy, she'd get after me good. She made sure it was going to sting and there would be some remembrance. <laughs> and I remember a, a, a few times she gave me the classic, you know, <laughs> I hate doing this more than I, you know, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But then it was literally, she would maybe come in my room and just maybe sit down with me. Let's talk about this more. Daddy, you know why this happened? And just, and I desired fellowship with my mother. So I was like, okay, you know. And I love those moments in time when maybe I got it right. I was cleaning the house when she was coming home or wash the dishes or, you know, just those things. Why? Because she had done the work to kind of, I loved her and she loved me. So you have to love them. You got to tell them that, guys, don't just assume that. Say it with your mouth. I love you. Maybe even go into detail, explain why it is that you love them. What is it about them that you love? And that's especially important when they are difficult. They have personalities that maybe you're kind of like, you are a part of me that I don't really like. <laughs> but you are me. And I love you. The other thing that I... I, I wrestle with, but it happens in marriages, that, guys, we must pray for their salvation and, listen, share the gospel with them. It's not Kid Town's job to do that. It's your job to do that. And praise the Lord, Kid Town comes alongside the parents to provide an atmosphere where that's taking place, but that's your job. 
How, how, how can I see that promise lived out if, my, if I actively decline what it is that the Lord is telling me by train up? Then this, we got to provide food and shelter and protection. You guys know that baby phase of them is really just keeping them alive. <laughs> them little jokers, boy, will roll off a couch in a heartbeat. They're just fearless. <laughs> Wee! You're like, no! You know? <laughs> man, I was watching my, my nephew, you guys know, I, man, and I was so thrilled about that, you know? Um, and everything he did, I was just like, oh, what's like a bumper, you know, you just. So there's a lot of that. And of course, the more you have, a lot of times you're like, you're all right. <laughs> you know? But man, you do need to do that. Food, shelter, and protection. Physically, mentally, spiritually, all of those things. You have to live out your faith in front of them. Remember when um, uh, uh, Duck Fife was in here with us, he was talking about that, the testimony of his own father, and I remember talking to Pastor James about it. He's like, yeah, I remember dad getting up in the morning. I could see him in the word. Guys, listen, it matters what your kids are watching you do because parents have this kind of terrible thing that they can do at times where it's like, do as I say, not as I do. What are we expecting from them if we're not modeling it for them first? Why do we set unrealistic expectations for them? Let's show them what it is that we're doing. Why it is that we're doing that? Why, are we, why is prayer night important? Man, they want to stay home and play too. We instruct them in the way of godly living, listen, as it applies to their understanding. Uh, we're not having Daniel study with little kids. Now, you can, you can kind of brush up against the lion's den. I read that story as a kid. I kind of got it, understand this. Oh, the protection of Jesus. Okay, yeah. That was it. We didn't, we didn't cover any more than that, right? We're not talking about statues and what they mean and, you know, dispensational theology. Not yet. I mean, like, come on, man. No wonder they don't want to do Bible study with you. It's like, you know, you just got this water hose like, you got to have this. Let's look at Revelations. No. <laughs> Can we start at John at least? <laughs> you know? So, man, be wise about how you do that. Sometimes maybe it's not even verses. You're just giving them biblical principle. This is why you do this, to be honest. Right? You want to create that kind of dialogue where they're talking to you about anything and that you just have this open rapport like that. Why? Because your heavenly father requires the same of you. That's why. You want to teach principles of the Bible and as they mature, then teach them the Bible. And then lastly, we educate them on things of the world. And so those are just some kind of practical steps of that. Now, I want to go back to that train and kind of look at that. And in 2 Chronicles 5.1, you have here that, uh, remember that the Lord said that David won't build his house, but that his son Solomon would. And so what, we're going to jump right into the middle of this. And now it's finished. And all the necessary items are being moved in. And so I want you to take note of something. 
in 2 Chronicles 5, 1, it says, Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Remember, if we think about our children as the house, so get this down, the previous generation has input. Why? Because the heart of dedication was the same. So you, I told you about my, my grandmother. She is the, the, was a spiritual leader for me uh, very much until that transferred and I learned some things. And, and it wasn't she didn't try to hold on to me tight, but she definitely wanted to expose that to me. And so what's that relationship like uh, with your grandparents? Now, the one thing that if your parents don't have it, you know, you have to just be careful in terms of that influence. You want them to obviously spend that time. But but man, uh, there are some 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 things that sometimes you have to kind of guard against and be wise about that. I'm not telling you specifics, but for sure, be wise about the environments that we put our kids around. I think it's weird to me. You are utterly protective of your home. And yet anybody can babysit your kid. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> you know, it's like if it was your house and your little raggedy couch, <laughs> right? Like you were ready to fight everybody over it. But like this person, the house, this vessel potentially for the Lord can just be anywhere because, well, it's easier for me to deal with whatever I got to do. So now I can let this little individual just be out of my hair for a moment. Oh, man, listen, you want to guard well. Where is that kid at? It was an honor for me to do that for my sister while she was away. My nephew was two months. I could mess this up, <laughs> right? Like, there's a lot to mess up. I'm like, sis, we are close to a hospital. I will have you on speed dial. I mean, you know, she's like, brother, it's all good because y'all not going to sleep. So go ahead and enjoy yourself. <laughs> and she was right. <laughs> but it was all good. But consider that previous generation. You see that Solomon's bringing in those things that his dad had dedicated. Well, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. The other thing, if we kind of skip through this a little, is Second Chronicles 6, 19. He says, have respect, therefore, to prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee, that thine eyes may be upon this house day and night upon the place whereof thou hast said thou wouldest put thy name there to hearken unto thy, to thy, to the prayer, excuse me, which thy servant prayeth toward this place. Hearken, therefore, unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make towards this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, when thou hearest, forgive. Boy, have you prayed a prayer of desperation like that for your children? I mean, consider what is being said. This is a house. A physical structure where the Lord will be. And it is far greater what you are to the Lord than that building that was ever going to be to him. So what I'm suggesting then is this. Pray for your children. You need to be begging God for them. 
They have things going on. You can't be with them all the time. You can't shelter them from everything. And you want those things that you have invested to show up in those critical moments that they would choose righteousness, that they would choose maybe to get away from this thing or this influence. Man, it's tough. You guys know what's on them all the time. So you, gotta, you have to essentially be the front line of defense to the Lord and beg his mercy for your children. This is why I need you to understand this is a matter of my heart. So let me just say, Serena and I don't have children. We had a miscarriage when we first got married, um, probably about uh, the second year into it. And uh, I remember... Um, just that was an interesting moment. We, we didn't really want kids, and, but then it happened, and then your heart just goes, okay. And then it was like, you know, her body just didn't develop the hormones, and then it was like a, within a week, it was over. And I remember just revisiting that. We had conversations about a, once a year for maybe four to six years or so that we would just talk about, hey, where do you land on this? And one of the things that was always in the back of my head is Mr. Shipley and premarital counseling, because he asked us, he said, listen, do you guys want kids? And I was like, no, not really. He was like, so guess what you still have to do is be fruitful and multiply. And it was like, uh, <laughs> what? And, I, and it just burned in my head. I was going to have to invest the word of God in somebody other than Serene. And so discipleship for us became like this thing that was like the highest privilege because for us, that was the space and place by which we were now going to be able to invest the word of God in people. And, um, and as we were just having those conversations, we kind of landed on that we would, we would choose not to. And I can tell you now, I was just talking to Serene, just getting the okay to discuss it. That came from probably a lack of faith. We grew up, both of us, in broken homes. And we, were, we had childhoods that were, we were kids, we played. You guys know I traveled with my grandmother. I mean, that's better than people that, you know, didn't have the same situation, right? I've been all over the world with her. And um, Serene's, you know, laughed and cartwheeled and roller skated and all of that stuff. But it was hard at home. The kind of hardness that was we both wanted to be pressure relief valves for our mothers. We started working very early. We started being independent very early. And that was like, it was because we grew up in that space and place. We could see mama, you know, I could see her sometimes walk by a room. She's crying about something or what, you know, probably can't feed me, whatever. And it's like, I'm. so there wasn't a lot of joy for the concept of physical children like it is now when you guys see me with your kids. I'm like, I'd rather be talking to them than you sometimes, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I love them, and I love being around them. But listen, I understood, as Mr. Shipley laid out for me, I understood absolutely I was still gonna have to invest the word of God in the people. And so, if you are sitting here and just considering like, well, I, you know, I'm just gonna try to be like down serene, and like, no, listen, again, I'm telling you, that, was, that didn't take any faith to come to that, and we let the, the past experience that was difficult 
basically lay the foundation for our future, of which now it's too late. And I'm not adopting, and I don't, you know, I don't want them that much, you know, where I want, <laughs> you know, where I want to, <laughs> at this stage of my life. But I, I love babysitting because they will return to cinder. <laughs> but no, seriously. Let's talk about that. You know, anybody in here that ever has, you know, these kind of thoughts um, where you're going to opt out, you want to be very careful about that. You want to be very careful about that. I, it's like I said, you know, that I wanted you to at least understand the heart behind that and to try to make ease for yourself would absolutely be a pit of hell decision. Don't do that. But also, if you're going to have them, understand um, they're not just puppies. That is a place, potentially, where God will dwell. And then ministry will come out of them. So now how you raise them becomes critical. What you expose them to, who they're around, how you love them, all of those things. They will leave your house someday. How are they going to leave your house? Will they be ready? Second Chronicles 7.4. We're still, this whole, like, guys, in Second Chronicles, starting from chapter 2 up to this point, it's talking about the details of building this house and this dedication that is to it. If you think that this is a small matter for the Lord, it is not. Let me just tell you. Second Chronicles 7.4 says, Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. In this area, training up your child takes sacrifice. Training up your child takes sacrifice. You, listen, it will be to the end of you. And in discipleship, I don't know how many times, you know, I, I got to show up at somebody's house, maybe in the middle of the night. Maybe you got to pay for something. You got to help with, you know, rent or what, whatever the case may be. You got to be open to all of that. Just because they're not my, my physical, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason. Because, listen, I am interested in multiplication, not just the fruit that I have in them. So you have to think through the whole thing. A lot of times, because it's reactionary, I'm just trying to make sure, just trying to make sure you eat, just trying to make sure that you're alive and all of that. Okay, graduate, see you later. Well, come on, man. That's, it's more than that. It's absolutely more than that. Did you sacrifice? Did you communicate those other things that we had talked about earlier? See, if we take to heart that our children are vessels that could be used by God, then it should propel us to a place of intentional parenting, not reactionary. What's the intention of your heart? How do you want to expose them? What do you want them to, to, to be? Do you want them simply even just to be like pliable, man, to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, guess what? Help with that pliability. Now, let me say this. Be at peace, because I am well aware of the guilt that many parents carry and feel for how their kids turned out 
or just that they're not good parents. Stop. Just stop with those thoughts. That is not from the Lord. That's from the enemy. And you have an opportunity to always right the ship. So once you realize, like, man, maybe there's some things that we discussed this morning, you're kind of like, I'm not intentional. Okay, so start. So start. Man, that, this, this is why today is important because, one, I want you to understand that this class very much, I see you as my kids. I love you. I like telling you that. Let me tell you that now. Again, I love you for who you are and all that you bring to, to faith fellowship. It is absolutely my desire to be in your life, to encourage you and to shepherd you and to, and to bring you along, to see you be used of God. That's my goal. There is not, nothing um, selfish in that for me whatsoever. I, your thriving is a success for me. Man, I want you, I know you're going to have dark days, but I want you to use the word of God to get you out of them. I want you to know I, this is a place you can come to faith fellowship and like there's protection. Maybe your dad wasn't around. And man, I know, listen, I'm not trying to be somebody's daddy, but I, your father, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, let's talk about the issues you have going on in life. See, I, I know I don't have any, and maybe it was a faithless decision to not have them. But guess what? I got you now. And if you let me, if you let me, I'll walk with you. And remember I said one of the sweet things I love, and I just kind of, like, man, wish I had that, is when I, when I see the kids just reach out from, you know, they're like looking. They're not even necessarily looking at their parents. They're just like, uh, it's the street here. I got to raise my hand because <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble either way. I love it. I love it. And in ministry, I love the same thing. I love when you reach out. It doesn't bother me how many times you call. It doesn't bother, bother me that we got to pray about something we've been praying about every year. That doesn't bother me. Until you win in that area, let's face it. Let's fight it. Let's pray about it. Let me encourage you. You got to remember something. Don't let the devil handcuff you in that area of guilt. Your kids still have free will, just like you do. And sometimes, you know, people drift away. And I can beg them and plead them to stay, and they won't. And I have to be at peace with that. It happens in discipleship. People don't even finish the lessons. And you're like, man, were my chips that bad? I, I need to do something different. <laughs> right? And like, did I say something to set you off? I've had disciples that just bounce after we were done and then not give me a reason why they left. And they're good with it. And that is not good with me. And so, we got to remember something. God is with you and loves you. Whenever you feel inadequate, frustrated, hopeless, as it relates to your children, you must go to God in prayer for comfort and revisit the word for instruction. That is your only stay. Do not let your emotions control you in this area. The devil will whoop your head because he wants you to fail at this. He understands the gravity, the responsibility. 
which is why he wants to discourage you. So speaking of which, we've talked about the fruit. We've talked about the importance. Now we got to talk about the multiplication. And it's very interesting to me in Titus, we have something very cool. It's a spiritual father telling his son how to make more sons and daughters. Those ladies that have been through Blueprint understand this and know this and have studied this out greatly. But let's just read it in, in, in its entirety. <clears throat> because, listen, if we are intentional with our parenting, whether that's at the spiritual level or at the physical level, then what you want is those kids that are the aged that are making investments to younger generations. Okay, let's read it. It says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged man, aged man, excuse me, be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And what did it do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And then it says this, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You want a list to start with of things to invest outside of the practicality of that? This is how you get multiplication. This is the thing that we want our kids to do. It can't just be good enough. Lord, give us, we're begging for them. And all we're going to do is treat them like dollies. And we're going to dress them up and then send them out in the world and then they will, they will be a terrorizing the rest of the world like they did in your home. Well, what we could do is be intentional with our parenting so that we're looking for grandchildren that are faithful. Man, listen, there, for me, <laughs> because I don't have the luxury of having physical children, when I am watching those that I've had the privilege of discipling, disciple others, cloud nine, man. <laughs> they don't even have to know who I am. I mean, there's cats that are discipling in other churches, and like, they may or may not ever meet me. I love that. I got spiritual grandchildren don't even know who their grandpa is. Man, I, listen. Desire right things. 
you want godly children, whether they be physical or spiritual. And so listen, praise the Lord if he has provided you with children, whether physical, spiritual, or both. But while that is a blessing, the real success is in the generations after. It's in the generations after. Don't be so reactionary in the difficulty and challenges of, of, of having these little ones that you already have, even in discipleship, and you just, I'm just trying to get them through. No, man, you want them investing. So when you're parenting, parent like that, that they will invest. And so we have some uh, praying that we need to do with the time we have left. What I want us to do is to break up in groups. And the first thing I want us to pray for, or at least one of, the, one of the things as you break up in your groups is, Lord, give us fruit physically and spiritually. Listen, if we're, if, even if we're having difficulty with barrenness, we need to pray about it. Because you can be barren physically and spiritually. So let's pray about that. The next thing is, Lord, guide us as we invest the word into the fruit you have provided. We need the Lord's help. Parenting is hard. It, it takes a consistency that oftentimes has an expiration date on it. You can just be flat out frustrated from fatigue. I'm tired of telling you. So we need, we need the Lord's help. And then the next thing that maybe you've never asked for is, Lord, give us generations that will serve you. Guys, you got you to gotta be thinking. You want grandchildren that are going to serve the Lord, spiritually, physically, either, both. Okay? And so can we break up into groups and pray with the time that we have left? And then, uh, Pastor James, can we do a 1031? <laughs> Would you pray us out, brother? Okay. Let's, let's get in our groups.